0: You text me something. You're like, Sean, you're you're seven out of ten funny, you're eight out of ten charming, and so, I was like, this is a this is a Sam Par compliment I think I'm getting here.
1: I feel like I could rule the world. I know I could be what I want to. I put my all in it, like no days off on the road. Let's try. I'm back.
0: <laughs> you know when Michael Jordan came back to the league, he just faxed in a one pager with. Just those words on it. I'm back. We have a lot in common, him and I. Yeah, well, unfortunately, when he came back, he was wearing number 45, and uh he kind of sucked that year, and they got knocked out of the playoffs. So I'm hoping you're coming back a little stronger.
1: Well, us six, seven black guys, <laughs> we have a lot in common. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> me and me and MJ. Um, Did you miss me? It, it felt like a long time for me. I don't think it felt like a long time for you, because you were pretty prolific. You kind of had a couple hits.
0: I did so many podcasts in the last three weeks. (laughs) I definitely missed you because that was a lot of content. Uh, I don't know why I did that. I, what I should have done in retrospect was say, okay, Sam's out. Let's not force the issue. When he comes back, we'll come back strong. Instead, I overcompensated when you were out and I was like, no, I am going to create all the content the world needs tonight. And that's what I tried to do.
1: we were working really hard uh, ahead of time. I mean, I felt like I was recording a bunch ahead of time. So you've been kind of grinding now for about five weeks now. It feels like. Yeah. The funny
0: thing is we thought you were going to be out this month. So we have all these guest hosts planned for this month that your baby came early. And so now we have like a full month of guests, uh, Coming up, I can now. go
1: away. I can go away again. But you did great. I we'll, we'll talk about some of the stuff I was doing, but you were doing great. So the Sarah uh, Moore podcast was phenomenal. That woman is a superstar. You did a very good job of getting some good stuff out of her. You also did a non-pod thing that I thought was some of your finest work, the uh, all-in podcast video or the all-in CEO application. If you haven't seen it, go to Sean's Twitter and you'll see it. It got 1.1 million views. I looked this morning. That was very good, and you did it all on your own. You even edited it,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, I didn't have an editor, uh, and it was one of those ideas that. So, okay, I'll just explain what it is. So, the All In Podcast, which is a popular business podcast, um, is they were like, "Oh, we're hiring a CEO," and it's the it started by these four guys, were these super rich guys. I, I the joke I make is the All In Pod is billionaires talking about billionaire shit, and our pod is millionaires talking about millionaire shit, and so the they were like, "We're hiring a CEO to turn this into a real brand and whatever." And so I, um, I was like, "You know, it'd be funny if I did like a joke application to this pot to to the for the job." So I recorded this video. Problem is, the video is good, but uh, I only wrote at the very end that this was a joke and like not meant to be taken seriously. So. People are texting my dad. They're like, hey, I heard Sean's going to get the job for See CEO all in. Congratulations. My dad's like, what's all in? What's a podcast? And I'm like. And you're insulting them the whole time. The funny thing, by the way, I told him, I go, my dad texted me that. And I go, no, no, no. It's just a joke. And then he goes, okay, who started it? He thinks like someone's like messing with me.
1: (laughs) I started it. But you were, you were like you were ribbon on them i mean kind of it a was roach. funny yeah it was so it's all fair because it was mostly funny stuff but you were giving them a hard time so that's pretty funny and then a couple of them replied and be like you've made it to the second round so i actually <laughs> thought they handled it well did did they reach out to you at all
0: no they handled it well uh they didn't reach out beyond just like the public replies or whatever um and then they played it on the pot, on their they played the first 5 seconds or 10 I seconds listened. on their podcast and um Unfortunately, that made it even worse because that's that part is where it sounds like I'm serious about it. And then I start roasting them, but they cut off all the me roasting them and just put the part where it's, hey, I, I'm applying for this job, which is actually the best roast back that they could have done.
1: <laughs> so. I, I think our, our friend messaged us and said uh, one of the great things about or what did he say? He said uh, a really uh, powerful tool is to be able to take the popular narrative and blunt force your way into the conversation. And you did it perfectly. Yeah, he did he, a very good job talking
0: about a uh, newsjacking that I think Ryan holiday coined that term or, or at least he popularized it, which is you take the current thing, but you find a way to attach yourself to it. And you sort of hijack the news newsjacking. And uh, it's not, well, it wasn't my intent. I just wanted to try something funny. I, I, so I've been, I'll, t- I'll tell you, we do this podcast and I love this podcast, but also I told you, I'm not like, I'm trying to not go start another company, right? Which is all I've ever done for 15, 16 years is go, be like, I'm a startup CEO. I'm going to start a company. It's kind of my identity. And I'm trying to shift that. Um, And I'm having a lot of fun creating content, but also it doesn't take that much time to produce this podcast. Like takes some time for sure. But like when you're used to working, I don't know, 50, 60 hours a week, it does. I couldn't put 50, 60 hours a week into this. And right. again, the smart chill move would be to just take that energy and go be a better dad go do some community service and just just better myself as a whole. But I'm a flawed human being. And so I need to direct that 50, 60 hours of energy into some creative work project. Um, And so I was like, I've been looking for way, like other content I can create, other content formats that are going to be fun. One of them was this uh, idea of doing like something that's a little bit funnier. It's almost, uh, the, the thing I did was kind of like, you ever seen Last Week Tonight or The Daily Show? It's sort of like
1: yeah. I know that, that you've been format. loving Last Week Tonight. I know you've been loving that style.
0: Yeah, so I will try to do that style. Um, which, by the way, very nerve-wracking. It's hard. It's one thing to be doing a podcast and crack a joke in the flow of a conversation. It's another to be like, in this video, I'm going to be funny. I'm going to tell jokes and make you laugh. And it's like, wait. Is this like within ten minutes? I was like, "Is this, is any of this funny?" It's and I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out, bro. I was like, I was like, I, I don't know if this is good or this is going to be a total fucking lame thing to put out there. And that was a nice feeling. It was good to feel alive again. Well,
1: here's the good news: Twitter is not a very funny place, so <laughs> even an eight out of ten can crush it. <laughs> yeah, you text me something. You're
0: like, Sean, you're you're seven out of ten funny you're eight out of 10 charming and so i was like this is a, this is a sam Par compliment i think i'm getting here
1: it was awesome i thought it was good but you uh, tell me how's life as
0: a dad so you, you created a baby eh, you didn't really create it you, you played a, a small role in creating this baby um but the baby's here now life changed life the same
1: what's the situation it changed um, I think I talked to 30 friends. You were one of them. And I think the predominant answer was, you love, this is from a man, you love your baby, but you're not in love with your baby. And I only heard about five of the 30 people say, I was in love right away. And the, but predominantly people were saying, um, you know, it's, they're just like an alien at first and you don't really get feedback. That wasn't the case with me, man. I've, I I was I was in right away. I've always been what I always say with animals and children, I'm softer than cream cheese. I've always been soft with with those types of things. And I was in right away, baby. I, I, I loved it. It was awesome. We got a um, first of all, we did a C-section, which is like magic. Um, the doctor was like, I'm starting now. And literally, I timed it four minutes later. The baby was crying and out. And then the doctor's like, and now I'm putting your uterus back inside of you. And like, <laughs> it's crazy, man. Like, that's a line it, you used to use, uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, uh, Jakes, you'll be a Coke doc. Uh, <laughs>
0: Wait, were you in the room? You had told me you were going to be in the room.
1: I was in the room, and basically, what they do is, you know, mom is laying like one direction, and then they take the baby out and they bring her like ten feet to the side of her, and I, I go and check on the baby, and I was like, "Don't look, don't look, don't yeah, look." What was your
0: angle like? Were they like? But I still oh, saw hey, it. I still saw Sam, it. You, you're like, why are you cleaning? Why are you cleaning all the glassware over there? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I was like staring at my feet, trying not to look, and I, I definitely looked. It was pretty wild. Uh, it was gory. Um, another thing it, it made me view women as wizards Um, the fact that they could like have this being growing inside of them and then it like is out it's just like it gave me like almost a spiritual respect for my wife it was that, that was pretty That's magical um, it's almost like you view her as a partner and also as like a sex thing like you know like she's, she's sexualized to you after this I'm like. You're a god. Like yeah. there is we <laughs> you know what I mean. Like I can't imagine. Like, you are not like just beautiful to me. You are like this like spiritual being. So, like the immense amount of respect. Another thing that happened, I remember thinking, um, the so the week I went in, uh, or the week we had the baby, um, I think the stock market was like dying or something. I barely looked. But I remember thinking, like, The volume of love that I had for this new baby was so loud that every other problem was just uh, silent. I just didn't care nearly as much. And so that was like a pretty breathtaking thing to have. Did you experience that?
0: Uh, Some of those things you just described. So I would say uh, the first six weeks after watching my wife uh, give birth was like, I was like... um, you know, can I can I refill that for you? Um, what do you need? And let's just sit down and talk about your needs for a little bit. Like, how can I, the peasant pleb that I am compared to you, do, just make your life one ounce easier? And it lasted like only six weeks, I gotta say. I went I reverted back to my normal self after that. But like for six weeks, the the visceral feeling of watching that happen was uh It made me just be like, okay, I'm, you're a miracle and I'm here to, uh, ease your life in any way that I can, because you just did the hardest thing I've ever seen. Um, like, you know, I don't know what a C-section is like, but like, you know, my life was doing all the pushing and all that stuff. And it's just like a primal experience, no epidural, all that crap. And so, uh, after that, I was definitely like you, like you're saying just in awe and you see, you know, like a lot of people ask me when we got married, they're like, oh, you're married now you know is how is life is it different with you guys i was like no we've been living together for three years like literally nothing changed and then but the time something did change was after the baby and not even because of the baby more how how i saw her just changed you know i like i saw her perform you know an act of god and so that that was cool uh so definitely felt that didn't feel the instant attachment but um that's cool that you did. Did you do like skin to skin and all that? Was it like, oh, a, yeah, is it like a pheromone thing? Or, like, tell me, is it like, is it chemical or was it philosophical? Like, did you, did you think it or did it just like feel like there's just the, the chemicals in your brain going off? What was it? I haven't worn a shirt in two weeks.
1: I basically just, it, <laughs> for me, it was
0: that's not what they mean when they say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. i went and bought a bunch of beaters i've only been wearing beatles basically for easy access i did it just to keep the kid warm i mean i i do it just to keep her warm and it feels nice touching her skin it's just like i just like touching her i just i men are a little bit different i've noticed i watch a video on instagram it's like all i'm just like playing with her face and like just like rubbing her rubbing her cheeks and like rubbing her chest and rubbing her back i just like touching her it just makes me feel good to touch her and uh, i think it keeps her warm
0: yeah If you want to know the stories behind your favorite brands, this podcast is for you. They did an episode recently about scaling creator growth and influencer incentives. I thought it's pretty cool, so check it out. Listen to DTC Pod wherever you get your podcasts. We, uh, you also said something like it makes the other problems seem small. Uh, that's definitely true, right? Because everything's relative in life. Like you know, isn't it crazy? Like I saw a video the other day on TikTok, it made me so sad. It was this video. It wasn't meant to be a sad video. It was. Like, you know, these YouTubers that vlog their life. It was a guy vlogging his day, except he was in Peru and they lived in a hut with like dirt floor. And his two kids, it was like, he wakes up at five in the morning. He does his morning routine, which is he does pushups. He was basically doing like Andrew Huberman, but like, you know, the real shit, you know, like he's doing pushups on the dirt floor. He's outside in nature because his home is partially in nature. And um, his kids were these two small kids, maybe like three and five years old. And they were like just warming themselves up with like the hot water in the morning, and then they were doing their schoolwork on the like cot that they were living on. I'll play this video. Like it's sad and it's like heartwarming at the same time. It's this weird thing, and especially you know like my daughter's the same age as the kid in the video, and so like you just see the difference in quality of life, and it's kind of stunning. and it's not the first time, right? Like I lived in Indonesia. You know, my family's from India. Like I've seen poverty before, but you, every time you see it, it's like you know, just like re puts it back in the front of your brain rather than yeah. The back but was of your the brain. guy happy? He was super happy, and that's what I was. Or like he was happy. He was as happy as I am. And um, I'm like, you know, this is like some obviously like college wisdom, but like it really is just we acclimate to whatever our circumstances are, and we have the sort of like a baseline normal. But it is also, uh, everything is relative. And so it's relative to your expectations. It's relative to your neighbors. And it's relative to what you know and what you felt. And so for him, you know, whatever was happening that day would spike him up towards, you know, peak peak happiness. And if something was what went wrong, it would go a little bit below. And so like, but the absolute, the absolute should have been, if you just look objectively, if an alien was watching, they would say, certainly this person is at least 10 times happier on an absolute basis. And it's like no, not at all. We're actually probably exactly the same in the on an absolute basis. Um, but one thing that does happen is if you have you know a, a kid like your your quote unquote problems from before are no longer problems, or like you know your kid has a runny nose and a cough, and all of a sudden, who cares what's happening in Slack or whatever else? And I think that's one of the it's one of the many blessings that kids will give you. The other, which you haven't experienced yet, probably is when you are talking, like when a kid is little, like maybe let's say a year and a half years old, uh, you're showing them things and you're like, look, like, oh my God, the water is dripping. Or like, look at this. I can take this eraser and I can erase the words. It's gone. It's magic. And like, in trying to make the kid, like see the magic in the everyday things, like you obviously are also there for the ride. And so you slow down and start to like, even when you're kind of faking it for the kid, you are feeling the same wonder about all the little things. That's like the other huge thing that kids, I think, do for you.
1: I'm excited for that. Another thing that I don't think people discussed enough, and I think it's probably because I hang out with a bunch of Peter Pans. So like (laughs) most of my friends are between 30 and 40, have like some type of financial success and just like go to Spain when they want, are single Can pronounce Tabitha. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, a lot of my friends are like kind of selfish, you know? Um, not, Not that that's wrong, but what wasn't discussed with me ahead of time was, I feel like a fucking man. I feel so masculine <laughs> having a kid. <laughs> like I feel like um, I feel like it's the final piece of the puzzle, and that I can continue putting the pieces together. But I have all of the pieces now. I didn't realize uh, how masculine it would make me feel. I think um, I read somewhere that someone defined masculinity as pr- producing excess resources to make sure that your tribe has what they need, and I was like, I get it. I, and I, I know. Like, way, another, th- I
0: think that the definition of masculinity is looking up and defining the word masculinity to like put <laughs> put some words to this. <laughs> That's the most <laughs> masculine thing I could think of.
1: <laughs> hey, <laughs> I am what I am. <laughs> um, and then uh, I remember thinking how hormonal. Like I, like I remember, like uh, like I two nights after or the first night home, I remember I just heard someone walking outside or something. Just in the street. And I just like bolted up and I was and I and I was like ready to roll. And then it's also crazy how the woman, I was like, and the doctor, I'm like, so when is she gonna start making milk? And like she didn't have it like two hours ago. And they're like, oh, she's probably <laughs> ready to roll like right now. <laughs> and I was like, so you're telling me that you didn't have it, and then like an hour later, you do? Like and they're like, Yeah, your body just knows. And it was just mind boggling to me how primal and animalistic we are, yet we try to avoid that. Totally, totally.
0: It's miraculous.
1: Is that not crazy to you? Like like where I, I was like I was like, you guys, where's the threshold? Like, does she have to like do push-ups? What do we gotta do? To like <laughs> <laughs> get this flowing. <laughs> yeah. Is there a and gummy like, we
0: eat? <laughs> what yeah. <laughs>
1: and they were like oh just give it a few hours dude She's I good. had like, so many yeah. of those like
0: hang on hang on hang on <laughs> hang on moments with the nurses and they were like yeah So and I was like like this happened also during the delivery I was like okay and they were like yeah you can like walk around like you you know you could deliver the baby standing up you could be on all fours you could, I was like on all fours what are we talking about here and they're like yeah actually it's an easier position less painful and I was like Every movie or TV show, there's only one position that they show. Well, so they, can't like, show
1: they can't show butt, butthole on the camera. So that's Well, I'm it.
0: in the like second phase of the like labor <laughs> process, and I'm having a hang on, hold on, no way, no way moment. And they're like, dude, it's first of all, it's just not about you right now. You need to learn. That's actually rule number one. <laughs> rule number two, yes, all of these things that you don't understand, they're real, and they happen.
1: Yeah, so that was crazy. And then maybe I'll say the last thing. I don't know how this has impacted your career, but let's talk about money for a minute. I have a feeling this is going to make me significantly better in my career because I think my hours will be more focused. I also think that as she grows, I'm going to want to show like uh, consistency. Uh, so like a normal nine to five or um, it, it just uh, to make an example of like, look, I, uh, I, I'm I here to provide. I commit to what I say. I, I show up and, and get through things. Um, I think it's going to actually make me more successful, even if I have less hours. Do you think that's going to be true?
0: I think it's true because you're telling yourself that. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, my my grand theory of life is that our brain is basically a giant labeling machine. And that the, my view of the world is that these, it's like a box is coming on the conveyor belt. That's just things happening in life. And then our brain puts the label on it and says, this means this. Oh, this guy drove in front of me. This means he's an asshole and he cut me off. Versus, or like, this means like something else completely. I could just completely make up a different definition. I could be focusing on the plants instead of that. And so our brain is this labeling machine. And it's, that's what defines everything that happens in our life. And I think that for you, you're going to, you're saying, you know what this baby means in my life. It means that now I'm going to be more mature. I'm going to be wiser. I'm going to be more focused. I'm going to show her work ethic. I'm going to want to, um, you know, be less erratic. And I'm going to actually like zen out or, or sort of chill out and and be a stable rock type figure. So then you're going to do exactly that. It's a self-fulfilling thing, right? Like, um, so yeah, I do think it will be that for you. I, but I don't think it's because of the baby. I think that's because you're putting a really strong, yeah. empowering meaning on the baby. You did this, by the way, we should talk about, and I'm so sorry to hear about Sid, your dog, but I read your blog post and so you said kind of a similar thing. Can you talk about that? Like you basically said like you were
1: kind of in the, f-boy mode you get this dog so if you follow me on social media you'll know i've got this huge dog or i had this huge dog i've had him for 15 years almost and he was my best friend i love this animal and basically when he was three maybe or two years old i got a dui and i spent 24 hours in jail and i came home and he went to the bathroom in the house and i was I was so upset. I'm like, oh my God, this dog didn't know I was gonna come home. What if I was there for three days? This was miserable. I gotta get my shit together. I have a responsibility. And so that was a turning point was, I was like, I, I have this responsibility. I have to take care of him. And it changed my life. And I remember thinking like, uh, it felt good. It felt good to care about something. And some people, I guess I could say this now that I have kids, but people were insulted when I would say, I was like, yeah, having a dog, it's, it's kind of like 5% of having a kid. And people were like, what? How dare you? Uh, and I'm like, now that I have a kid, I'm like, yeah, it was like 5% where like I, I had a thing that I cared for. It was the animals, obviously inherently probably less valuable, but also uh, like less work. But I had this like inherent, I care for you. And I want to I wanna make sure you have what you need. And that definitely uh, changed me for the better leading up to the, baby being born i knew sid was gonna die soon i even wrote like a fake obituary for him before he died so i can like enjoy my last six months with him and we my wife and i were like we got to get him to we got to get him to the birth we got to do this i I, we need to just take this one picture and we need to just uh, to complete the picture or i needed to of like going from like moron idiot fuck boy to like a family man and I've got my act together. I was like, well, I need. Well, you to said something great. You
0: said, uh, dogs for guys in their early twenties are like a special thing. Specifically. What did you mean? Yeah, by that? Dog
1: in your early twenties, because when men in their early twenties, when you're 21, you have, you're no longer a kid. So you have more responsibility and you are, uh, you don't get a pass for doing dumb things, but you're still a dumb person. And oftentimes that means that, that you're going to grow and when you grow the friends that you have at 21 a lot of times aren't the same friends that you have at 31 but your dog in your 20s is the only one that has been there the whole time and they've been giving you loyalty and love unconditionally and so a man and, and their dog in the 20s that's a very special dog they see the and transformation so they see the transformation and they're the only ones i mean not all the people who you're friends with at 21 they knew college, Sean, right. And you're still friends with them, maybe, but they don't know what you've been doing lately. And then your wife and your friends now, they don't know what you were. Exactly. And there's really only one one being there
0: every day in your house. And like you said, unconditionally, they don't judge you either. But they you yeah. know. <laughs> uh,
1: and it's a powerful thing. The point of my blog post was like, I never truly cared about legacy, because I'm like, the feeling that I'm gonna have when I die is the feeling that I had before I was born, which is nothing. So why do I care? And this dog died, my, my buddy Sid died. And I remember thinking like, I did so much to please you. And that impacted me, which maybe I've had a little bit of impact on some other people. And it was really because of my love for you. And, and so it changed my perspective on legacy. And what's crazy is we were due like right about now, uh, November 1, and he died in October. So we had them for 10 days after birth. And I was like, I kind of like, it it was was a little spiritual where I'm like, Oh my God, like the world worked. Like how on how, like whatever 15 years is, however many days that is that many days plus 10 days is what I got. Right. And so that was like a very meaningful impact for me. I posted that blog post. What's crazy to me is I felt like a pussy sharing that because I used to make fun of people who like cared about their dogs as much. And then I'm like, Oh, I've totally become that.
0: More MFM in just a minute. First, let me tell you about one of the joys in my life, and that is a virtual assistant. You know, here's the scenario. I'm running my companies. I spend 30% of my time just doing random bullshit. The stuff that has to get done, but it's not creativity. It doesn't require me, and it doesn't add a bunch of value to the business. It's just stuff. And so that stuff is what a virtual assistant does. So having a virtual assistant is a no-brainer, whether it's travel booking, email inbox, or just Knocking stuff off your personal to do list that would have just lingered there forever. I think it's a no brainer. If you're a business owner, you should definitely do it. I think one of the best places to find an assistant is Shepherd. So go to supportshepherd.com. Super affordable. It's something that, um, you know, you don't need to have the biggest business ever, be the biggest big shot in order to afford it. So it's amazing. Go to supportshepherd.com, check them out, and tell them I sent you. They'll take good care of you if you do that. So supportshepherd.com, check it out. All right, let's get back to the pod. If you ever, I mean, it might be too raw for you at the moment, but there's a great, um, uh, there's a guy who runs or like is the main host of SportsCenter, Scott Van Pelt. And he did a tribute to his dog uh, when his dog passed on air on SportsCenter for like three minutes. He just talked and, uh, you know, definitely going to cry, you know, when you watch that. And, uh, you know, that feeling is, uh, I don't know anybody who has a dog that doesn't love their dog. I don't know anybody who loves who loves their dog that do- wouldn't feel that way. So, you know, it is completely reasonable
1: it it was the first time i've cried in probably 13 years and i was like oh my god like so it was pretty wild um but i'm happy it worked out and i have one bone to pick with you i wish you would have told me to have a kid sooner i wish you would have (laughs) told me because you're you're i've always been like mr cool guy where you like you withhold a little bit of emotion where you don't want to express how wonderful it is and well maybe you just don't feel that way but i don't think that's true (laughs) but like within days of having her i remember thinking there was no reason for me not to do this four years sooner because then i will have four years left because if i die at the same age i would have had four additional years i wish you would have told me to do it sooner uh i wish that that's one of my only regret and not a lot of people talk about that they always say oh wait you've got time man it's pretty awesome i wish I would have done it sooner
0: yeah i i think uh my per- I, I guess my personal advice would still be the same so i kids are amazing, awesome and so like so much fun. Um like you know the fun gets baked into your day. You don't have to like go do anything. Like what you don't realize when you're in your like 20s or 30s or you're single or whatever is like to you have to basically chase fun. It's like, "Oh, I'm going to fucking Coachella and then I'm going to this thing. I'm going to go hang out over here and then we're going to I'm going to learn this new skill and I'm going to do all these things." And you look at people with kids and you're like, "Ah, suckers trapped in jail with their kids." They don't realize is you basically took all of the dope life experiences, you simplified them, and you get to just have them in your house all the time. And like that's actually what's happening to those people you think are trapped with their kids. Um, but like the people and their kids, you know, you don't want to be that obnoxious, condescending person with kids. It's just like like my brother-in-law said this once, and he's like he, he's like, you know, the only real person that like we could talk real with each other, and he's like, um, your life doesn't have any meaning till you have kids. <laughs> he's like, that's just how I feel, okay? He's like, I know I'm not supposed to say that. I know that's. I'm gonna
1: not. gatekeep. I'm gonna gatekeep from now on. People say stuff like, "Oh, <laughs> you don't know any better. Wait till you have kids, you don't and know." And he what
0: said you're that. To, he said that not to me, but he was like, we were talking about somebody else. He's like, they just don't realize it, and they're gonna keep talking themselves into how, uh, you know, blah, blah blah, like how their life is so awesome without kids. He's like, but my life. He's he's talking for himself. He's like, you know, I didn't have any meaning until this, and now I have, you know. Uh, you know my cup is full Uh, the other thing I would say though is that the four years you're talking about like there it is a one way door to use the Jeff Bezos decision making framework once you have the kid you can't unhave the kid really and so you you're gonna like your freedoms have changed fundamentally from this point forward and so I think that the freedoms you have like you know that age 26 to 31 or whatever are pretty valuable you should have them while you're there um, and then go walk through that one way door. And like, you know, now you have a different set of joys, but you do have a different set of a different degree of freedom. Uh, I think that's much more important than like you, you know, worrying about these, like kind of a, my age is 76 to 80, you know, I'm glad I had those four extra years. I don't think you I don't think life actually works like that. I think you, it is good. You had the freedom to do all the things you did and become the person you became, you know, it, it happened at the right time for you. I think you settled down.
1: Yeah. Um, but it's been you know, Four years ago,
0: what were you doing? You're living on 6th Street in, uh, in, 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 in San Francisco. You're stressed out. I was out.
1: learning the difference between meth, crack, and heroin. And uh, <laughs> like the different ways in which you put it in your body, walking around Soma. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're having a DARE class without the DARE officer in Soma, yeah. San Francisco. And uh, you're stressed out building your company. You're making $37,000 a year. I don't think that was the right time to have the kid. I think
1: my advice was good to, to say, wait. By the way, I know that you. Well, I, I I understand this perspective of why people don't do it. I totally get it. A night nurse is a cheat code. Oh, Everyone yeah. keeps telling me. So those who don't know, a night nurse, it's basically this lady who is in this other room with the baby. When the baby cries every three hours, she goes and wakes up mom and says, "All right, all right, heifer, it's time to feed." All right, cow. <laughs> like that's, my, my, my wife was basically a cow for three months. Um, and she's like, "Hey." uh whip the boob out you're you're, you're good to go and i sleep in a separate room um and (laughs) my sleep has been awesome women i i don't know if it's my wife but i feel like a lot of women they go through the the waking up every three hours and they still have a pretty good day the next day maybe they're just running on adrenaline but uh for me uh i cannot wake up every three hours and still be a functioning human being the next day
0: you need Um, a night nurse
1: too I need a night nurse. I want someone to swaddle me. I would love to get swaddled. dude.
0: I still sleep with my wife's pregnancy pillow because I'm like, this is incredible. This is yeah. the level of comfort that was available to me. Like, why is this only for pregnant women? Just as for non-pregnant women.
1: My knees haven't touched in bed for like the last uh, nine months. Like, dude, exactly. <laughs> knees should not be touching when Did you Did I sleep. send you it's, that one uh,
0: pregnancy pillow, the Swedish one? Somebody sent I this to me it. and I was like, uh, Swedish pregnancy pillow who did I can I just get one off Amazon and they're like brother just shut up and trust me and I did I ordered this thing it took like a week and a half to arrive and boy has it arrived in my life you know my kid my
1: daughter's four now
0: that's four years I've been sleeping with this pillow <laughs> I bought two it's, it's incredible
1: hey I've been wearing nipple guards when I go running so like hey I'm all about all the different uh pregnancy stuff um but yeah it's been awesome um I'm gonna try and not be that guy that posts all this stuff on social media, but I might be. You, you don't post your children, do you? Well, I don't. I don't is even it,
0: use Instagram
1: and stuff, so I don't. I don't really. But know is that it me. a rule that you don't do it? No, no, no. I just. You just. I don't, haven't gotten around to it.
0: I don't like to post st- that type of stuff. Uh, I post like, I'll tweet random thoughts, or I'll do a podcast. That's like, what I, I like to put thoughts out there, not necessarily like life pictures.
1: Well. I'm gonna try also not to be that guy, but we'll see if uh, we'll see if I can keep up with that.
0: All right. Well, this is the uh, the catch up episode. We'll just go ahead and publish this, even though it's totally different than a normal episode. Uh, it's us reconnecting, rebonding. Um, uh, you know, we needed a little skin to skin after it was <laughs> only yeah two pop weeks that apart
1: top, bro let me put my cheek <laughs> let me put my cheek to your chest man warm my cheeks <laughs> all right that's the part <laughs> i feel like i can rule the world i know i could be what i want to uh, i put my all in it like no days off on a road let's travel never looking back